Buddha Blog, Episode 3 The Sitting Meditation Sitting meditation in a lotus position with crossed legs is incredibly difficult for Europeans. In Asia it is quite common to sit on the floor, but the cross-legged seat has not become established in Western culture. Due to the unusual sitting posture, with the crossed legs alone, many interested people cannot perform a sitting meditation. Sit on the floor with a cushion, if possible, your legs crossed. If you find such a position difficult, you can also sit comfortably on a chair. I recommend meditating like this for 10 minutes. From the pelvis, pull your back upwards and make yourself straight. Your mouth closes, your gaze lowers slightly. It is important that you assume the perfect position, which then allows you to remain more or less motionless in exactly the sitting posture. Breathe in and out through your nose in a concentrated and mindful way. Now count your breaths from one onwards. If you do move, then start again from the beginning with one. I come from the light and then I become a stone. I come from the stone and become a living being. I come from the living being and become a human being. I come from being a human and become light again. This is the axiom of Buddha. Buddha began meditation at an early age, which he continued to intensify. According to various sources, he practiced the so-called reflective meditation in which he pondered and reflected on the meaning of life. The French man of letters, François de la Rochefoucauld said, If one does not find one's peace within oneself, it is useless to seek it elsewhere. Media Germany Until we know something with certainty, we simply have to doubt everything we know. According to a study by a German television station, two-thirds of Germans would consider the media credible. No matter where I am, however, people around me distrust the media as rarely before. Personally, I have resolved to become unreachable for media. Those who affirm themselves to be doing such great work should first adhere to the mandate of public broadcasting. Body of Truth It is such a thing with the Buddhist body of truth. Suppose you met a girl named Petra at a youth party ten years ago. There was a certain attraction, you were a couple for a short time, then it got lost, nobody really knew why, it was just like that back then, in your youth. Yesterday, by chance, you ran into Petra again in the parking lot of the supermarket. As if a week hadn't passed, you started talking to her again. The old attraction was there again immediately. But is this still the same Petra from before? In the last ten years, the cells in Petra's body have died and been replaced by completely new ones. Is she really the same Petra you knew from back then? The scale of time is clear to us, 
but do we really perceive these 10 years or do we surrender to the microcosma of individual moments? The universe has changed completely in these 10 years, but the affection for Petra has remained. Since we are constantly subject to our whims of change, how does it explain that we immediately like Petra again, while everything else is subject to constant change? And anyway, what was then? Why did you not stay with her? Independent of change is only the teaching of Buddha, for its validity cannot be assigned a temporal dimension. Life consists of suffering, the philosophy of the great teacher has even gained in clarity over the centuries. The body of truth, which figurative body does truth take if you had to give it a form, now and immediately? The mind and our thinking are severely limited in their functions, sounds only arise within us, our senses are easy to manipulate. What we regard as real are in truth only pulsating fields, beautiful appearances, screens filled with impulses, lies and deception, but brightly illuminated. The Buddhist body of truth regulates as a principle all phenomena that we consider to be true and subjects them to a test for their truth content. How does our mind work and when exactly did we really meet Petra? At any rate, ten years ago she was made up of completely different cells. It was a different Petra than the one she is today. What understanding of reality do you have? How do you see time and space for your existence? Have you perhaps been around the world several times? Who are you? Do you want to think about it? The path is the goal. Buddha said, Calm as a deep lake with unclouded water is the sage with his serene clarity. Contacts the human heart is longing more than ever for contact, and above all for real affection. Without human contact, usually only a great emptiness remains. Those affected form ever stronger shields around themselves. Loneliness draws wider circles. Perception and interpretation of loneliness differ from person to person. But almost all of us secretly launch to be recognized and also loved, just as human beings are, not as they should be. Certainly, Buddhists should not be distracted too much by thoughts or emotions, but feelings always come up even in a strongly spiritual way of life. Often we try to understand everything that happens in our lives, but the mind and the feelings do not always go well together. The selection of our contacts has been taken over from us by the ego with its many filters. Acquired and trained behaviors determine who we get close to and why, and who we don't and why not. According to the teacher of all teachers, we should not be too attached to our contacts, but feelings for some people just pop up from time to time. 
Relationships are inevitable in a normal life. The sexual nature of living beings also brings people into contact with other people again and again. This is one of the provisions of evolution, the drive that is mainly controlled by pheromones and natural processes in our bodies. The innate need to not want to live life without our living beings, that ultimately frees us from isolation, drives us out into the big wide world. The innate longing to connect with our people makes people open to new contacts, the hormones are powerful and mighty. In today's severely dysfunctional society, many find it very difficult to make contacts. Approaching other people often takes a lot of effort, but new friends are contacts open new doors and possibilities. You have to make an effort, practice makes perfect. When meeting new people, it is important that we listen to the other person and are really interested in the person's fate. What can you hear from the words of the person you are talking to? How is this person doing at the moment? You don't meet new people at home either. Do you attend events? Do you meet friends occasionally? Do you get to meet enough people? Sooner or later, you have to get out of your comfort zone if you want to make new contacts. Just looking for distraction on the internet is simply too little in the long run. Especially in times of crisis, maintaining contacts and looking for new relationships is more important than ever. Building up a network of loved and appreciated people is a very rewarding task, for which it is worth taking the trouble. No human being is an island. We are all dependent on our environment on our contacts. Greta Garbo, the Swedish-American film actress, said, I never said I want to be alone, I said I want to be left alone. That makes a huge difference. Launching for normality. No matter who I meet, almost everyone launches for a quiet life. Everyone is fed up with the chaos. When will the madness finally end? According to Buddha, we are living in a dream anyway. Things are not as they appear to us, according to his teachings. Vincent van Gogh, the Dutch painter, said once, Normality is a paved road. You can walk on it well, but no flowers grow on it. The joy of life. What gives us joy? Can you think of something that brings you joy now? When I think of my daughter, a smile flits across my face. Just the thought of her triggers a good feeling in me. Don't let the joy of life be taken away from you. Focus on beautiful events and dear people. Think about the things that really bring joy to you. Whether you are angry about an event or not is determined by your inner attitude. So why not change your attitude a little? Today, be happy about the things that annoy you. Intentionally embrace the events that don't go so well, accepting life as it comes. 
the Austrian narrator Maria Freifrau Ebner von Eschenbach once said, and I was so happy, you say reproachfully, when you have had your hopes dashed. You were happy, he said nothing. What will come? Anxious questions around me, what will come? Will we be able to maintain our standard? Questions upon questions. When I drive through my hometown, I see a lot of empty shops now that didn't exist before. The way it looks right now, we will have to tighten our belts in the future. I see dark clouds on the horizon. William Shakespeare said once, to be or not to be, that is the question here. Buddha explains meditation. The Buddhist story goes that the Buddha's son Rahula asked his father questions about meditation technique. The young man was particularly interested in the breathing technique practiced by his father. Buddha gave him to understand that the transcience of all being is also at the forefront of his view when it comes to breath. Therefore, according to the teacher of all teachers, Rahula should develop a serene approach, seeing himself as another kind of space in which energy flows freely. The breathing exercises themselves should focus on the presentness of each breath, calming the mind and body and feeling joy from the calm. From the joy, an inner gathering develops, a liberation of the heart, which will inevitably occur with every inhalation and exhalation. From the above-mentioned transcience, it follows that every in-breath and every out-breath will be for letting go, for allowing the breath, but also for eliminating one's own ego. He should also dedicate the meditation to goodness, mercy, joy and others and overcoming desires in order to overcome evil, cruelty, ill will, egocentricness and attachment to people and things. After the elements earth, water, wind and fire, the wise father advised the son to subordinate his efforts to the elements to become serene in meditation like the elements. Everything about your body belongs to the earth element, but everything that is solid about you is not you, is not yours, is not your self. The element of fire that consumes you from within is also not you, this is not yours, is not yourself, and the wind that runs through your body is also not you, is also not yours, is also not yourself. Follow this advice and no unpleasant or pleasant events will enter your heart. Thinking, pondering, contemplating or seeking the center, all such considerations should be completed at the beginning of the meditation. The arising serenity simply pushes all arising thoughts aside. Then feel the breaths as they flow through the nose or mouth into the body, widening it and then find their way out of the body again. Give your body the attention it demands, be mindful in meditation, 
but also practice with strength and power. Impermanence is formative for all beings. Embrace it and your thoughts will become calm. Marie Freifrau von Ebner-Eschenbach said, The thought cannot awaken without awakening ours. The hope. It's so funny about the hope. Once it's in you, it won't leave you. Hope hurts. When hope is not fulfilled, pain becomes the dominant basic feeling. What do we not hope for the whole day, the whole year? The miserable rest of our lives consists of hope. Hope and faith are siblings. Where there is no more hope, there is still us. Hopes are fulfilled when we do exactly what we hope. Buddhists do not hope, they know. The French philosopher Voltaire once said, One day everything will be fine, that's our hope. Today everything is fine, that's our illusion. Fear of the future. People are afraid of what is coming now. Mainly it's about fears of change. The unknown terrifies everyone and the future will bring little good, the signs are pointing to a storm. The damage of the hysteria will hit us with full force, and there is no end in sight, even in long term. The German government calculates that dealing with the corona crisis will cost the public coffers 1.4 trillion euros this year and next. The mood in the country is becoming more and more aggressive, People are simply fed up with politicians and their daily new decrease in chaos. The WHO has now announced that the virus is far less dangerous and causes far fewer deaths than originally suspected. Nevertheless, Europe in particular is falling deeper and deeper into panic. The fears of the population are growing and growing. Meanwhile, in Asian countries, the end of the pandemic is being celebrated. Being afraid of the future is more than human. But what concrete changes are in store? How can the population prepare for the problems? Well, first of all, there are serious economic consequences to fear. But much worse are the effects on people's psyche, on health and morale. The Great Depression is going around, the mood is in the basement, how should Germany and Europe develop in the future? In order to get a grip on the fears of the future, Europe needs a new beginning. First of all, the clear head must be regained. The hysteria is of no use whatsoever to anyone involved, except those who profit from it, of course. The followers of Buddha's teachings have a clear advantage here, because those who deal with his philosophy know that not everything is as it seems. Calm voices, however, are not being heard. The orchestrated panic has become a business model. The industry wants to sell it great new products. Vaccinations and tests are supposed to take money out of citizens' pockets. Fears of the future appear to be very profitable for many corporations. Billions are at stake. An important question is whether we are ruining our lives out of fear of the future. 
How long is it going to go on like this? Suicide out of fear of death is not a solution. Fears must not be allowed to take over. Reasonable voices such as the Great Barrington Declaration are being heard far too little. From my point of view, the approach proposed here corresponds to the middle way, which leads to right speech and right behavior through right knowledge and right resolve. Panic and fear are also very bad advisors. The German writer Frank Thies said once, We are all afraid. The difference lies in the question of what. The Post-it Meditation Who doesn't know them? The little yellow sticky notes that stick everywhere and to all kinds of objects. Today I will show you how you can use these sticky notes for a very simple meditation. Think about something that is really important to you and reduce the perhaps complex topic to a single word that describes the general context well for you. Write this word on a sticky note and place it where you can see it all the time. Look at the sticky note for five minutes without digressing, concentrating exclusively on the little note. Then close your eyes for two minutes. Can you still see the piece of paper in your mind's eye? Make an effort. The image of this piece of paper is already stored in you. Now call up the image. For the next month, do the sticky note meditation every day then take the note off. Although this note is no longer hanging in front of your eyes, you will still be able to see the note. The now imaginary note will continue to remind you of the things that are important to you. The US poet James Broughton said once, the only limits are, as always, in one's own imagination. Thank you for listening to my podcast Buddha Blog. Please visit my website shaolin-reiner.de or download my app Buddha Blog from Apple or Android stores. Thanks so much. Have a good day.